In a world where uncertainty reigns supreme, where shadows of chaos dance at every turn, one truth emerges unyielding. Preparation is not a luxury, but a lifeline. Behold the Wellness Company, a beacon of readiness amidst the tempestuous seas of fate. Envision a sanctuary of tranquility, where the tumult of unforeseen medical crises finds no purchase. The Wellness Company's Medical Emergency Kit stands as a bastion of assurance, a fortress of resilience against the unseen foes of health. Within its sacred confines lie the tools of salvation. Ivermectin, to ward off the insidious whispers of disease. Emergency antibiotics, to quell the raging storms of infection. Antivirals, to vanquish the relentless tides of contagion and more. The Wellness Company Medical Emergency Kit is not merely a collection of supplies. It is the embodiment of preparedness itself. Crafted by the hands of esteemed healers led by luminaries such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. James Thorpe, Dr. Harvey Risch, and Dr. Drew Pinsky, this kit stands as the pinnacle of safety, the zenith of prevention. These truth-seeking doctors have forged a testament to vigilance, a testament to the unwavering pursuit of well-being. Embrace the certainty that comes from being armed against adversity. Embrace the Wellness Company, for in its embrace lies the promise of resilience, the promise of a brighter tomorrow amidst the chaos of today. Don't wait for the next crisis to strike. Visit twc.health forward slash strange planet and use promo code strange planet for an exclusive 10% discount. Prepare today and rest easy tomorrow. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. On this episode, are significant numbers of humanity the product of an ancient and advanced alien civilization? Have we, across the millennia, been periodically modified and refined as a species? In short, has our genetic makeup been manipulated by otherworldly beings that view human civilization as one big lab experiment? But what we have with Cro-Magnon man is a, is a form of man that developed extremely quickly and was highly evolved. I mean, their brains were actually significantly bigger than ours. But what's interesting, when we put all these issues together, you know, the, the, the sudden development, the, the, you know, the greater brain capacity, etc., etc., it does sound like the sort of spontaneous mutation of one type of early human. This podcast is supported by Paranormal Contractors, a division of crime and trauma scene cleaners. If you have unwanted paranormal activity in your home or business, check out their YouTube channel, Paranormal Contractors, for things that go bump in the night. 
Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Pursuing the truth wherever it leads. Exposing evil and corruption and the secret machinations of powerful elites. Revealing the high strangeness beneath the surface of our supposed reality. Coming to you from his studio beneath the stairs. Here's Richard Serrett. Welcome to your Monday. Nick Redfern is here to discuss his book, Bloodline of the Gods, which came out a few years ago, and we'll get into the RH negative antigen that exists in about 10% of the population and how that ties into the ancient alien hypothesis. First, a couple of things. My website, strangeplanet.ca, has undergone a total makeover. And if you haven't already visited, please take a few moments, strangeplanet.ca. And once you get to the landing page, all of my podcasts are there at the bottom. Uh, Conspiracy Unlimited, of course, and the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone. And also my weekly syndicated radio program, The Conspiracy Show, strangeplanet.ca. It's now easier to navigate and far more mobile friendly. Now, when you click on the Conspiracy Show button, that takes you to the homepage for my weekly radio program. In the menu, you'll see Donate. We're looking for people to support the radio program. We are now on Patreon. So you can go to our Patreon page and see the different tiers of donors. And if you want to support The Conspiracy Show and all the other projects, that's one way of doing it. Okay, a couple of emails I want to get to because I love to hear from you. And there has been such a deluge of emails, I'll never be able to respond to them all. But I'd like to read out a few here and there and find out who's out there and listening to this podcast. Hi, Richard. I think it was Joseph Farrell or maybe Joel Skousen who told you he considered you to be the finest interview in the media today, and I completely agree. Wow, that's high praise. I'm a long-haul trucker and listen to all of your shows during my travels, always the best part of the day. Your boys are blessed to have a cool dad like you. Keep the faith, my friend, Robert Heim in Springfield, Missouri. Rob, thank you so much. I'm I'm humbled by your, your kind words. Thank you again. Hello, Richard. My name is Joshua. I've been listening to your podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, for the past two weeks. I've caught up on all of your featured content on Stitcher as well as The Conspiracy Show. I first heard you on Coast to Coast and you quickly became my favorite conspiracy-type-like show host. Keep up the amazing work you do, the guests you have on. Really get the brain going. And your input is always insightful. Much love from Wallacetown, Ontario. Well, thank you, Josh. I appreciate that. And I'd love to hear from you too and learn about who you are, where you are, and why and how you listen to this podcast. Shoot me an email at richardserrett one at gmail.com. And please say hello on Twitter and follow me at Richard Serrett. The vast majority of humankind, about 85 to 90%, is RH positive, which means a person's red blood cells contain an antigen directly connected to the rhesus monkey. The antigen is known as the RH factor. Each and every primate on the planet has this antigen, except for one. The remaining 10 to 15% of humans If the theory of evolution is valid, that each and every one of us descended from ancient primates, shouldn't we all be RH positive? Yes, we should, but we're not. The negatives are unlike the rest of us. They're different. They are the unique individuals whose bloodline may have nothing less than 
extraterrestrial origins. This perplexing dilemma is the subject of Bloodline of the Gods, a book by Nick Redfern. Nick is an author, lecturer, and journalist who writes about a wide range of unsolved mysteries, including Bigfoot, UFOs, the Loch Ness Monster, alien encounters, and government conspiracies. His previous books include Close Encounters of the Fatal Kind, For Nobody's Eyes Only, The World's Weirdest Places, The Pyramids in the Pentagon, The Real Men in Black, The NASA Conspiracies, and Contactees. Nick has appeared on numerous television shows and networks, including Fox News, the History Channel's Ancient Aliens, Monster Quest, and UFO Hunters, VH1's Legend Hunters, National Geographic Channel's The Truth About UFOs and Paranatural, BBC's Out of This World, MSNBC's Countdown, and Sci-Fi Channel's Proof Positive. Nick, how are you? Hey, Richard, I'm doing good, thanks. It's a real pleasure. R.H., I don't, you know, I'm... I'm probably in the minority. I guess I should be donating blood more often because I don't even know what my blood type is. Do you know what yours is? No, I actually don't. I have no idea what mine is. People keep asking me that because of the book, and I really ought to find out so I can at least give them an answer. You know? So, uh, because I'm a little bit of a novice when it comes to blood types, so explain what uh, RH negative and RH blood types are. Well, yeah, sure. Well, there are, primarily there are four uh, main blood groups, and they're A, B, AB, and O. So those are the four main groups, A, B, AB, and O. And um, most of the world's population is what's called RH positive. Now, people who are RH positive, that means they contain, their blood contains a particular protein, which um, essentially is, is called the RH factor. And RH comes from, as you said, the rhesus monkey, or as the official title is the rhesus macaque, but it's more popularly known as the rhesus monkey. Now, and, that, and that's been established, that, that's 100% for certain, correct? The oh, RH, yes. and this is a marker in the blood, right? A top, aside yes. from your blood type, we are talking about the RH marker. Yes, that's correct, yeah. And roughly, um, so people have an understanding, in, um, in the United States, um, the percentage of Caucasians that are RH positive is roughly around about 91-92%. Um, for African Americans, it's uh, somewhat similar. Uh, it's actually a lot less for Asian Americans. It's, um, it, I, I mean, excuse me, it's much more for Asian Americans, about 97-98%. So, on average, the, the number of people who are what are called RH negative, that's to say they lack the RH factor, it's actually quite small. Um, it's roughly about four or five percent of the population overall. Now, the as I said, the the RH factor um, essentially, uh, as I said, comes from the rhesus monkey. Now, we are today, at least, um, our DNA is genetically uh, identical to the recent monkey, the rhesus monkey, to a degree of about ninety-two, ninety-three percent. Well, that so, sounds. You know, that sounds like a lot, but I mean, I've, I've read where also our, our genetic makeup, when you compare humans to like a blade of grass, I mean, it's, mm -hmm. there, there's a lot of similarities. Does this mean, does this mean, uh, that we are, um, we are descendants? We are descended from rhesus monkeys, or does it simply mean we share some of the same proteins? We may have similar, uh, you know, uh, genetic markers. Yeah, that, that we share with a banana, for crying out loud. <laughs> well, yeah, that, what it basically means is, is that, yeah, is our DNA is sort of 92% compatible with today's rhesus monkey. 
However, the interesting thing is that the people who are RH negative, the reason they're called RH negative, this very small percentage of the population, about 5%, they lack the RH factor. Now, you know, regardless of, you know, how you can sort of look at, you know, div different living organisms and compare the levels of, um, you know, the, the DNA compatibility between, like, chimpanzees and people, for example, the fascinating thing and the thing that it still puzzles a lot of people today is if we're all, you know, homo sapien, why is it that we don't all have this RH factor? Right. That's Whatever that RH factor, wherever it comes from, it's like Sesame yeah. Street. One of these things yeah, is the not like thing. the other. Right. Yeah, that's right. That's the important thing. It doesn't matter so much, you know, um, where it comes from, etc. But if we're all human, if we're all homo sapien, why is it about 5% of us don't have that close compatibility and they actually completely lack the RH factor. Um, we've all heard the term, you know, the one percenters, uh, uh, which is a little bit of class uh, warfare, I suppose, but we're talking about the 10 to 15 percent of the inhabitants of this planet that are RH negative. They don't have that RH protein in their blood. So, as Jerry Seinfeld uh, said, who are these people? You know, why don't they have that RH uh, uh, um, protein. Does this mean that this is evidence of perhaps alien manipulation um, with human civilization? So let's talk a little bit about this 10 to 15 percent. Mm -hmm. I mean, you, 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 it, it's mentioned in the in the literature then that we, that we are talking about members of ro the royal houses of Europe, uh, certain political dynasties. Um, talk to me about the documentation that 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 uh, you know points. At these particular groups. Well, sure. Yeah, I mean, what, one of the interesting things is that a significant number of people who have reported alien abduction cases and um, contactee cases and profound UFO encounters have been shown to be um, RH negative, and this has given rise to the the theory that um, the, the RH negative um, strain, if you like, um, is indicative of something that is the work of extraterrestrials. In other words, it comes back to this whole issue of sort of genetic manipulation and how the whole alien abduction phenomenon ties in with genetics and reproduction and hybrids and things like that. And that's sort of the, the thrust of the book. Um, the fact that when we look into it, we find countless cases of people who are RH negative and are, uh, had, as I said, profound UFO experiences, and to where the percentage is far more than just in the, the rest of the sort of 85 to 90% of the population. And we also find a lot of um, well-known authors in the, not just the, um, the UFO field, but authors who've written about ancient astronaut phenomena, which actually, you know, comes into play with this story as well. For example, arguably the world's most famous um, author on alien, um, ancient astronaut phenomena, Eric von Daniken, is RH negative. Oh, um, Brad isn't Steiger, that interesting? Who has extensively written on ancient mysteries like the pyramids, Atlantis. Right. Brad is RH negative. What about Zechariah Sitchin? Zachariah Sitchin was all. Oh, you don't negative. tell. Oh, my. Oh, my. Yeah, and Robert Anton Wilson, who had a deep interest in the whole issue of ancient aliens and the Egyptians, he was RH negative. And, you know, the list goes on. And, and um, 
you know, so we're seeing almost like a a pattern that for so long has gone under the radar, so to speak, of people who are inextricably linked to the UFO phenomenon who also have the, as I said, the RH negative strain in them. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, uh, we are told that uh, alien abductions, uh, when it happens in a family, it's often generational. Mm. So if uh, the father or the mother is an abductee, then often the children mm. will be, or their, you know, the grandparents and so forth. Uh, now, I know, it, I mean, with blood types, I could be, let's say, AB, and my children uh, might not be. But mm. the, but the RH, that marker, that protein marker, does that is that passed down? from one generation to the next? Well, it is, but it's not always. Um, it, it, it's, it happens sort of at random. It doesn't happen all the time. Now, if you've got... Th- the main issue, more than anything else, is the compatibility, and, and this sort of gets to the issue to demonstrate how weird type um, RH negative blood is. I mean, I'll give you an example. If, say, uh, you have uh, a man and a woman, and uh, the man's say RH negative, the woman's RH positive, you know, and, and she gets pregnant. And um, normally, you know, when a pregnancy occurs, a lot of people don't realize that although the, you know, the, as the fetus grows, the, you know, the unborn baby grows, obviously it's nourished by the mother, but the bloodstreams don't cross. Now, as I right. said, if the father, say, RH negative, and, you know, that the baby is RH negative, but the mother is RH positive, very often it's not a problem. But let's say, you know, um, on occasion that the baby, you know, there might be an issue. And so there's this procedure called an amniocentesis where, in simple terms, a needle is inserted and it allows for the, uh, you know, for a small, very small uh, sample of blood or cells to be taken just to be, you know, examined. Now, if in the process of that, you know, there's a slight issue and the baby's blood, the, you know, the unborn fetus blood, mixes with the um, the pregnant woman's blood during this procedure, amniocentesis, um, the mother's um, immune system views the, un- views the unborn baby, and no pun intended, 
as alien, as foreign, and literally tries to kill the fetus. Oh. Now, fortunately today, there are drugs that can quite easily combat this. But if, say, for example, you know, the, the drugs aren't available, um, the, the unborn fetus can be in, in extreme danger. At the very least, it can cause um, extreme anemia, which can, you know, can result in major problems uh, for the development of the fetus and cause big problems, you know, when the, when the baby's born even. Um, so in other words, we have a bizarre situation where a mother's own body will view the baby she's carrying as something that has to be gotten rid of because the, it perceives the blood as being literally totally, totally alien to the mother. And, um, you know, that's almost, it's, it's unique, but it's like disturbingly unique as well. All right. So let's, um, I don't have three hours with you tonight, regrettably. <laughs> I wish I did. I really do. But, so let's lay it on the line here. Um, how do we get from, uh, you know, this, the, the, uh, the RH negative blood type, and alien manipulation. Yes, we have. It's interesting. Uh, it is curious that many yeah. of the people that are alien abductees or, or alleged alien abductees are RH negative. So there seems mm -hmm. to be something going on there. But, I mean, how do we nail this case shut? Well, yeah, sure. That's the interesting aspect. Um, now, you know, I mentioned that the vast majority of the population, round about sort of nine uh, excuse me, about 91, 92% of the population, depending on whose figures you look at, is RH positive. Just a very small percentage are RH negative. But there's one group of people who, where their figures are much higher, between 45 and 60%. And these are the Basque people of Spain and portions of France, B-A-S-Q-U-E. Now, as I said, the Basque people, their figures are, are literally, you know, sort of 45 to 60%, incredibly high. And... The Basque people have their own unique language, which is totally 100% unlike any other European language. It has no similarities with, you know, the, the language in any way, shape, or form. It's unique. And the people themselves, um, they look slightly different in the sense that they have sort of heavier foreheads, uh, more prominent, wider noses, more powerful-looking jaws, and they're, they're sort of more robust physically. What's interesting is that the area where the Basques live is where tens of thousands of years ago Cro-Magnon Man lived. And what we find is that in other areas of the planet where Cro-Magnon Man lived, we also have higher than normal um, RH negative levels. And because of the somewhat similarity between the Basques and the Cro-Magnons, the the, the sort of prevailing belief is that the Cro-Magnons are, excuse me, that the, um, the Basques are sort of the, you know, the, the, the last descendants, uh, to a degree at least, of the original Cro-Magnons. All right, um, so why couldn't that be the answer? The, I mean, are, well, are Cro-Magnon... I mean, what, that's correct. That what that suggests is that almost certainly, because it's not just in Spain but in other areas, almost certainly that Cro-Magnon man was RH negative. Right, right. Makes sense. Okay. And so the big question then becomes, why is it that in the same way that with Homo sapiens today, a small percentage, you know, are RH negative, why is it that, you know, all these early types of human, like Neanderthal man and some of the early ones that came from before them, why shouldn't they all have been RH positive? And this brings us to the issue of why Cro-Magnon man was potentially the different one. Why was it RH negative? And um, this goes back to the whole, 
ancient astronaut scenario, particularly of people like um, uh, Zechariah Sitchin, who believed that one strain of early human was uh, genetically altered, essentially to turn it into like a slave race. Right. And this would involve creating an entity that was sort of robust, more adaptive and um, more have a greater ability to withstand viruses and disease and things like this. This comes um, from the, the Sumerian creation myths that were put down on these cuneiforms that correct, are sitting yes, in the, yeah, the, the Museum Sumerian of Sumerian myths of, of yeah. like the Anunnaki, right. these um, sort of higher powerful, depending on how you look at it, deities or extraterrestrials visiting the Earth in the distant past. Essentially, as people like Sitchin suggested, to turn the Earth into sort of a resource, almost like a factory, um, but have somebody to do the work for them, so they genetically altered and manipulated and upgraded an already pre-existing, very primitive type of human, which may well have become Cro-Magnon, and uh, as a byproduct was Rh negative. And so then that sort of, if that is the case, that we have like a, an extraterrestrial intervention that altered an early form of human, then from there, the suggestion is that this program, at a stealth, more, far more stealthy degree than in the distant past, is still going on today, where we're still seeing this lineage of RH negatives still having deep ties to the UFO phenomenon. Uh, what about the Neanderthals, which is another branch of the, uh, mm-hmm. the human family? Um, do they have the RH negative? No, there's no evidence of that, and we're not seeing in areas where the Neanderthals proliferated, you know, a similar situation with with extreme levels of RH negatives as well. And what's interesting is that, you know, the RH negatives were around at the same time as the Cro-Magnons, but the RH negatives vanished under very odd circumstances. You know, the the prevailing theory is that with the Cro-Magnons, you know, that they were absorbed into, as we are today, Homo sapiens, with the RH, excuse me, with the Neanderthals, um, it was almost as if they were wiped out and, and wiped out under very mysterious circumstances. And uh, some ancient astronaut investigators have suggested that they may have been deliberately wiped out by extraterrestrials to allow for the development of the, the Cro-Magnons. In other words, so there wouldn't be this competing, warring situation going on. Um, you know, you allow one to survive at the expense of the of the weaker one. Now, what's interesting about Cro-Magnon man is that if you look at the early humans, the very early humans that came out of Africa, where they were sort of, for all intents and purposes, proto-humans, sort of two to three foot tall, ape-like animals, but with a you know a, a degree of intelligence that advanced over the years, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But what we have with Cro-Magnon man. Is a, is a form of man that developed extremely quickly and was highly evolved. I mean, their brains were actually significantly bigger than ours. We know from the cave paintings in, in caves in France, they were extremely skilled artists. If you look at the, some of the artwork that still exists, you can see pictures. I mean, it would easily rival anything you would see in like a museum or an art gallery today. We also know from the remains that have been found that they had burial ceremonies, that they understood what death was and its implications. Um, we also know 
that they, uh, from uh, tools and uh, remains that have been found, that they had music, uh, rudimentary musical instruments, um, like early type of string instruments. And were they, in, were they inhabiting the fertile crescent, Sumeria, which later became Babylon? Um, well, no, they weren't, but that's the, the area where, you know, the, the stories are that the Anunnaki came down. You know, that, that, that was one of their base of operations, reportedly, with Africa. So it's interesting, you know, that the early humans came out of Africa, and so the Middle East is one of those areas sort of really tied to the whole ancient astronaut phenomenon. But, but what's interesting, you know, it, when it comes to this issue of... Um, you know, the, the Cro-Magnons and their developments and so forth. Um, when we put all these issues together, um, you know, the, the, the sudden development, the, the, you know, the greater brain capacity, etc., etc., it does sound like the sort of spontaneous mutation of one type of early human. This RH negative, uh, and which seems to have been passed down to certain humans uh, via the Cro-Magnon line, um, are, is there within certain other groups, let's say the political class, the ruling class, the royal houses, is there a higher percentage of RH negative? Yeah, there actually is. I mean, the, the British um, royal family has this, you know, this strain literally running through it. And this has sort of given rise to the idea of, you know, even if there's sort of an extraterrestrial origin to it, obviously we're not seeing, you know, the planet ruled by aliens today. Well, we, we, we would know, obviously. But the, the theory is that in a strange fashion, perhaps they're still sort of ruling in a way, but by proxy. In other words, you know, the, the sort of the ruling elite um, have this, um, you know, the, the RH factor, uh, this, or rather the RH negative uh, factor. And um, in a strange fashion, you know, the, the lineage is still continuing. Now, obviously, for the vast majority of the population uh, who are RH negative, you know, they're not part of any sort of conspiracy or anything like that. You know, they, they may, a lot of people, like me and you discussed at the beginning, neither of us know what our blood groups are. For all we know, we could both be RH negative, you know, but it, it's not impacting on us in terms of us being part of some exactly. sinister elite or whatever. Exactly. But, what's that? No, I, I'm, just, I'm just saying, I'm listening and I'm saying exactly. That was, yeah, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm right yeah. there with you. So I'm right I there think, with you. You know, one of the theories that's being put forward is that the elite may know something about the secret history of this lineage and may have some understanding of what it actually means to be different. You know, for the rest of us, it's, oh, well, my blood's just different to yours, big deal, you know, what's on TV tonight, that kind of thing, you know. Um, but for the rest of for the for the elite, it may well be that they have some sort of understanding of the implications of, as I said, of what it means to be... Um, RH negative, but I mean certainly the in today's world the most visible um, aspect of all this is in relation to the alien abduction phenomenon. Now, as well as the blood group, you know, being distinct or the blood it's, itself being distinctly different, there are also a number of physical differences as well. One of them being that every year a small percentage of the population are born with an extra vertebra 
in their spine. And, you know, for the most part, it doesn't cause any issues at all. And most people would never even perhaps know they got an extra vertebra unless they had to have a, you know, a surgery and the doctor happened to tell them. But the portion, the, excuse me, the percentage of people who are H negative who are born with an extra vertebra is actually higher than in the rest of the population. And this brings us to one of the most famous abduction, if not the most famous abduction case of all, the Betty and Barney Hill case sure. of 1961. Um, in September 61, Betty and Barney were driving back home from a holiday in Canada uh, to their home in New Hampshire and had... You know, I won't say it's the first abduction because it wasn't, but it was, uh, you know, over time, further earlier cases have come forward. But it was certainly the first one to be recognized on the sort of scale and type we talk about today. And they had, um, they saw this strange light in the sky, got closer. They saw these things looking through windows of the craft. And they had missing time and start to develop strange dreams and nightmares and eventually, you know, stress grew and grew and they decided to have regressive hypnosis. Now, under the hypnosis, bear in mind this issue of the extra vertebra, um, Barney Hill, under hypnosis, said that the aliens kept doing something what he felt was very strange. They kept running their fingers up and down his spine. And with hindsight, he wondered if they were counting his vertebra. Uh -huh. Now, this was sort of early 60s when he was um, interviewed, and uh, excuse me, when he was hypnotized. And so, in other words, nobody back then was talking about RH negative blood and extra vertebra in connection with alien abductions. Right. And yet, Barney Hill hit on something 50-something years ago that is part and parcel of today's RH negative controversy in relation to the alien abduction phenomenon, Isn't this matter of having an extra vertebra. That is fascinating. So, uh, why then? Why? They're coming back, mm -hmm. uh, and they seem to be particularly interested in, I guess, their their offspring, their descendants of yes. this, this ancient hybrid program. What do they want? Why the, why the RH people? The RH negative people, rather. Yeah, well, this if we look at the original stories and most of the sort of hypotheses and scenarios that have been put forward by people in the ancient astronaut community, they've suggested that the initial impetus, as I said, was to create like a slave race in the very, very distant past, sort of tens and tens of thousands of years ago, where would we would be sort of, you know, definitively inferior to this... A highly powerful and advanced extraterrestrial race but the the theory today is that you know sort of a, a strange form of irony that they may well be on a genetic decline so whereas in the distant past we were you know we were manipulated to be a slave race today they may be reliant on us as a means to to keep their civilization alive and that may explain the entire focus of things like alien abductions, where you have, you know, the, the alien supposedly taking um, DNA, cells, eggs, sperm, that kind of thing. And abductees talk about seeing hybrid babies and hybrid children. So in other words, it may be that the tables have turned, that the old days of this, you know, all-powerful race creating a slave race on the planet is now possibly on a, a significantly and, and dangerously 
uh, little dangerous uh, um, evolutionary decline to where now they're still reliant on us or using us, but from a diff very different perspective. Now it's to try and ensure their survival. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Ronnie was just adamant they'll not live to be 30 years old. The history of rock and roll is littered with suspicious deaths and the unexplainable. He just had this strange sense of foretelling his own death at an early age. Lennon, Hendrix, Presley, Jim Morrison, the truth told by the experts and the people there. Revelations that will blow yeah, your mind. <laughs> the Rock and Roll Twilight Zone with Richard Serrett. Listen and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Westwood One Podcast app. If there's one thing money can't buy, it's sanity. <laughs> Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett. Nick Redfern, the author of Bloodline of the Gods, is here. You mentioned, uh, you know, the extra vertebrae. We have the uh, mm. the the um, the absence of the Rh antigen. Um, I hear a lot these days also about. Um, uh, Scientists scratching their head over something called junk DNA. Um, some people have this DNA that doesn't seem to serve any useful purpose here on Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, which, I mean, does that play into this as well? Do the people with the extra vertebrae, the RH negative, do they have some of this junk DNA? Well, that, that's an interesting question. I'm not sure to what extent, you know, the RH negatives have, um, you know, a high degree, but the whole junk DNA angle is an interesting one because, again, it suggests that we don't, even, as I said at the beginning, even if the theory of evolution has merit, there are, there are, there are clear anomalies, um, you know, in terms of why we're not all quite the same. You know, I mean, you can make a, if you look at the distant past, you know, you look at Cro-Magnon and Neanderthal man, they were actually different types of human. You know, so you can make a case, well, maybe the DNA would be different. But today, we're all homo sapien. And, you know, it, it, I guess for a lot of people, it might be strange to think, you know, the concept of living alongside a different, another form of human that's actually different to us. You know, that's like with Cro-Magnon and, and Neanderthal, they were both human but they were different types of human, but today we're all uh, homo sapien. So that begs the question, why is the RH negative issue even an issue? Why is the junk DNA issue even an issue? It shouldn't be because we're all 100% homo sapien. We should all be the same. All right, let's come at, come at this from a, a different angle. And I mentioned off the top, I'm I'm bringing uh, L.A. Marzulli to town in mm. November and um, the Nephilim trilogy, Fallen Angels, and so forth. Let's sort of overlay this story with the biblical narrative now. Now we're not talking about uh, the um, you know, extraterrestrials. We are mm. talking about fallen angels commingling with the daughters of men. We know about this from the book of Enoch and Genesis. 
creating uh, you know this this race mm-hmm. of of giants and so forth mm-hmm. which you know uh just as a quick aside i uh, i never quite understood you know the uh, the idea of this wrathful god in the old testament ordering mm-hmm. ordering the israelites to go into a village and smite every man woman and child a lot of smiting going on mm-hmm. in the old testament and but if we understand uh the um the need to um to do that if 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 they weren't actually smiting humans they were smiting the offspring of of the fallen mm. angels then it makes more sense so is it possible then nick that again overlaying this on on, on top of the biblical narrative the rh negatives are coming from a line descended from the nephilim well, yeah, I mean, that, that's not impossible. I mean, that's actually one of the theories that's been put forward. I mean, you mean, you look at a lot of the accounts from you know, the ancient biblical texts, and, you know, you quite rightly, you, you, you know, we hear of the Nephilim, we hear of the giants, you know, the, uh, the men of renown, and certain biblical characters living extensive lifespans, and, you know, things like this. And even the story, for example, of how Eve... Adam's wife was supposedly created, you know, from one of Adam's ribs. I mean, if you read the um, the translation, it actually says that Adam was put into a state of a deep sleep and his rib was removed to create Eve. Well, that sounds like, you know, something, an, an early human being anesthetized and, you know, cells or DNA being extracted to then, you know, create or at least upgrade, you know, the female of the species, if you like, as well. Um, you know, you can look at it from that perspective. You can find a lot of stories in, you know, in the Bible that have at the heart of them what can be interpreted as sort of crossbreeding or advanced genetic um, manipulation going on. And uh, in, in, uh, in the in the New Testament, uh, in Matthew, uh, Jesus says, "In the end times, it will be uh, as it was in the days of Noah." Uh, and it says, of course, that it, in the days of Noah, there were, uh, or before Noah, rather, there was there were Nephilim upon the earth, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, again later there were Nephilim. So, if you look at the you know the the flood story, the biblical flood, yeah. as a way of sort of cleansing the gene pool, because mm-hmm. only Noah and his family were of pure blood; they didn't have Nephilim mm-hmm. blood. Um, so I, it's interesting if you look at it that perspective. You know, we, we may be talking about the same thing, but in from different perspectives here. Now you're right, and I mean this is something else I talk about in the book, in the sense that um, it, it may not be coincidental. You know, when you're talking about sort of the rise of like a, like a like mirroring the distant past. Uh, you know, today we have stories about the hybrid children, hybrid babies, and the black-eyed children, which I talk about quite extensively yes, in the book yes in other words sort of um you know a, a half human offspring which certainly in the last 20 years or so is becoming more and more prevalent in ufo reports you know you go back to the betty and barney hill days in the 60s and 70s yes there was a reproductive component and a sexual component but we weren't hearing stories of like hybrid babies and hybrid children and all this kind of stuff from the early 90s onwards, that was really dominating a lot of the reports, and certainly more so today. So, in other words, we can sort of make that parallel, you know, that um, they're sort of rising up again right now. The um, the hybrid uh, angle is interesting, and I know that, 
you know, if you look at the um, sort of the progression of uh, Dr. David Jacobs and his mm-hmm. line of thinking, and and um, after uh, working with hundreds and hundreds of alleged alien abductions, mm. uh, abduction cases, and, and now he has come around to this idea of what is the alien agenda, and it is it is this alien hybrid program mm. uh, to create, I guess, or to subsume the human race. Um, but if, as you mentioned off the top, you know, many of us, you could be walking around RH negative, I may be RH negative, uh, so we have alien... Uh, Genetics, we are part alien, but what difference does it make? Uh, unless at some point maybe they're able to flip a switch and we revert back to, um, you know, our, our alien forebears? Yeah, well, I don't know. Well, I talk about that in the book, and personally, I don't think, you know, that would be great for us like a sci fi movie, but I don't think that's an issue. You know, you're quite right that the, the small percentage of the population that's RH negative. They're just, you know, like everybody else. You know, they're no different. They're not all sort of getting together and having secret phone calls at midnight or anything like that. So I think what it comes down to is that the, you know, the the bloodline may be continuing, but it's not something that for the most part, um, you know, is being where these people are sort of, you know, can be mind controlled or altered, nothing like that at all. Um, You know, they say they wouldn't know unless they even had their blood checked. But the the whole issue of the abductions and the genetic manipulation does seem to tie in with the RH negative issue. So in other words, what it may well be is that these entities are ensuring that their ancient bloodline continues um, for their benefit, you know, with the with the hybrid children, the hybrid babies, that kind of thing. But the you know, the average you know, they may be taking tissue, DNA, genetic materials, etc., from the RH negatives for their, you know, their gene splicing operations with their hybrids. However, the RH negatives themselves aren't like any kind of threat or anything like that, no. No, except uh, perhaps, uh, again, at the very top, and we're talking about the, the ruling yeah, the elites. Who may, yeah, the people who may actually know something of this ancient secret story that's been passed through powerful secret societies and, you know, influential families and the real power brokers of the planet, they may know, you know, what the significance of what the RH negative blood means. Right, and and, and, and let's face it, the uh, the royal houses, uh, they're very careful about, you know, who they uh, oh, yeah. intermingle with, and so maybe yeah. the idea here is that they are trying to keep that bloodline pure, and so they are only one step removed from... The Anunnaki. Well, that was one of the big issues, you know, with when uh, with Princess Diana. Um, you know, had she not got killed, there was there were we know there were major concerns on the part of the royal family that had she married Dodi Fayed, you know, that the um, that that from from their perspective, you know, it's sort of very much like a racist perspective, but they would have from their perspective, it was perceived as you know that just cannot be allowed to happen, you know, that just must not happen. And fate stepped in, and it didn't happen. But uh, but it does demonstrate the, you know, the the concern it, that the British royal family has about keeping their line pure. 
even in the political dynasties in the United States where we find invariably, you know, one president is related to another. I mean, that it it just confounds all logic, really. And yet, you know, you have uh, uh, Obama is is related to Dick Cheney. I mean, come on. (laughs) Well, also, you know, we have uh, certainly one of the world's most, if not the world's most famed or infamous, I should say, R.H. negative, Lee Harvey Oswald. I and, didn't uh, know that. Oh. And it just so happened that his wife, Marina, she was RH negative, or she still is RH negative, she's still alive. But, right. um, you know, so yeah, there's a lot of very well-known figures throughout history who were RH negative and who actually had a big, profound effect on world history as well. So, I, I, I mean, after writing this, why didn't you rush out and get your blood tested, Nick? I know well, I would. Well, you know, I really ought to because I, I never actually gave it a thought. And then, of course... Inevitably, when you write the book, people say, well, what blood group are you? And I'm like, well, <laughs> I really should have figured all that out before I wrote the book, you know, because I should have anticipated that question's going to come up every occasion. So. Or maybe best not to know. I don't know if I well, want <laughs> uh, No, I'd actually would like to know. It'd be intriguing to know. But I mean, I mean, to give you a classic, another classic example, a friend of mine, Mike Cleland, um, who has written extensively on alien abductions um, not too long ago. He, you know, he's one of the major figures in abduction research today. Um, he got his blood checked, and lo and behold, he's RH negative as well. And he's had some really weird, like, synchronistic experiences with the whole UFO phenomenon. Well, uh, you know, maybe going forward, uh, never mind uh, a candidate for the um, uh, position of occupant of the White House having to mm. present, you know, their... Social, social security number or their birth certificate, long form, maybe they need to submit to a blood test. Nick, oh, yeah, but, uh, you have done it again, my friend. Congratulations. Bloodline thanks, of the Gods. And uh, give us a website quickly. Uh, Nick Redfern. Oh, if people type in Nick Redfern plus World of Whatever, that'll take them right to my link. World of Whatever. All right, Nick, yeah. thank you. We'll talk again soon, I hope. Thanks, Richard. See all you later. The, all the best. All right, before I dim the lights in my little studio beneath the stairs, I'm going to tell you what's on tap for the next episode of Conspiracy Unlimited. Hey, this is Tony Merkel, host of The Confessionals, a blog talk radio podcast that brings you weekly interviews with eyewitness accounts of strange and unexplained events. From paranormal activity to UFO encounters to Bigfoot sightings, step into The Confessionals as we explore mysterious real-life stories. Check us out on your favorite podcast app or theconfessionalspodcast.com. And many thanks to Conspiracy Unlimited for having me on the air. I'll see you all on The Confessionals. Coming up next, the real John Constantine, Christian D. Cadieu from Paranormal Contractors will be here. You hear him every Friday, and he'll be here for the entire Halloween edition of Conspiracy Unlimited, sharing some of his scariest encounters in the field. Until then, I'm Richard Serrett. So long for now. A new Conspiracy Unlimited with Richard Serrett drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at ConspiracyUnlimitedPodcast.com. Blow your mind. That is all for now. Oh, and remember to share and give a five-star review because we have huge egos and need love. We're like cats. We need... We need constant petting.